As we walk out the journey of life, we each begin to thirst for something more. We want more than just life the way we know it. It's a thirst for more peace, more fulfillment, more purpose. That was God's plan all along. Since the ancient times, he has made promises that he will quench that thirst. And the promises he made long ago are the same promises he has made for us today. Good morning, guys. How you guys doing this morning? And uh, someone joked earlier, that's my entrance music. Like uh, I'm like I'm a wrestler or something. And so, but that's just to set the mood for the message. So welcome to Avenue Church. If you're a first-time guest, we just want to uh, ex- uh, welcome you this morning. And so thank you so much for checking us out. And uh, we hope that we can be a place you can call home. Also, Avenue Kids, we have a great uh, church just for your little ones. It's a message for uh, their understanding, which is fun, kind of all kinds of amazing things that they're doing in there, props and all of that. So I encourage you, if you've got a little one, feel free to take them uh, all the way down that hall, check them in, come back, and enjoy church for yourself as well. And uh, so we're just excited. We're excited every single one of you are here. Raise your hand if you still haven't recovered from Daylight Savings Time. All right? Daylight Savings Time, you're still kind of getting there. I'm still using that excuse, right? You know, I need to sleep in an extra hour to play that catch-up with that. Uh, I'm going to give you an update. We have Easter coming up, and so we're going to do an Easter service in here. We're going to do two Easter services. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to do two, all right? We're going to do two Easter services, and in preparation for that, we have 5,000 uh, Easter eggs coming uh, with candy and them, all that. We're going to use the playground back here, and we're going to do an Easter egg hunt after the second service for our little ones as well. And so that's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome as well. Also, we have these, uh, um, these uh, temporary drapes up here right now, but what we're going to do this week is we, we have a company coming in. We're measuring these windows, and we're going to be putting in some motorized blackout drapes. With that, we're going to be adding some more lighting as well. And so we love the sun. It's beautiful. But also, uh, you know, we want to be able to black out in here for videos, worship experience, things like that. So, well, we just got some amazing things coming up. But I'm really pumped. Last week, we saw many come to Jesus last week, but we had three water baptisms, I say, planned. And then we had a fourth one that was spontaneous. And uh, she got up, went on over. And I got to tell you, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I mean, it was uh, pretty powerful that simply water baptism is making publicly what's happened privately and that God is washing away our sins. And so I just want you to know we do that every second Sunday of every month. That's something that we value, that people say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And that's not something we take lightly, but that's something we celebrate. We celebrate that here at Avenue. Also, today, uh, Master Monica said it, but after the worship experience today, we have growth track steps three and four. And so, if, hey, if you, if you like to like, kill, kill one bird, you know, two birds with one stone, come to growth track because we're doing two steps today in one class. And we've had 48 people complete steps one and step two already. And I think that's awesome. 
as well. And just so you know, you know, you can join today for the first time. You can go to step three and four if you need to. Go to steps one and two next month. If there is no, you know, we don't check ID. We don't go, hey, you're not supposed to be in here, all right? We want to make sure that today you begin to find your purpose and to make a difference. Also, one more thing. My wife tore it up last week, all right? So if you are here last week, but she did an amazing job, and she, she preached on finding freedom. So I encourage you, go on the podcast and check Avenue Church out on iTunes or on SoundCloud and catch up on this series. So we're in a series called Next Steps. And these next steps, we're encountering four promises that God has for our lives. Four promises. That first promise was knowing God, which is, uh, you know, getting, getting out of Egypt. We're talking about the Israelites leaving Egypt. It's knowing God, but number two is finding freedom. That yes, we can, be, we can be delivered from slavery. We can be delivered from that place. But step two is finding freedom where God needs to get that place out of us. And so we can get taken out of Egypt, but step two, we need Egypt out of us. You can, you know, you can take somebody out of the east side, but you can't take east side out of somebody, all right? And so I want you to know that. But then number three is what we're going to be talking about today is finding your purpose. What is my purpose in life? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And next week is our last promise is making a difference. How can I make a difference now that I've discovered my purpose? How can I make a difference in my city? That why would God want to use me out of all these people? So that's what we're going to be talking about. Why? Because every single one of us, we're on a spiritual journey. Every single one of us, we have a spirit that longs for something more. And so that's what we've been talking about these past two weeks, and this is the third week. And uh, we've existed as a church for six weeks now. And I'm just uh, excited what God is doing. He is building his church. There's a guy named Rick Warren, and he wrote this. He said, without God, life has no purpose. Without purpose, life has no meaning. Without meaning, life has no significance or hope. And if you're like me, many of us here today, we simply just want to know, what's my significance in life? What's my hope in life? What's my purpose in this life? So our key scripture, if you got your Bibles here today, go to Exodus chapter 6 in your word. If you don't have a Bible today, we also give away Bibles as well. You could take one after the worship experience. You could follow the Jumbotron, but also get your phones out, all right? You can Facebook the message, tweet the message. You can Instagram or Instagram stories. People have been doing that as well. But let's follow along. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. Therefore, Moses said to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So that's number one is knowing God. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Then he goes on to say this. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you. So I will free you. That's step two. So God wants to bring us out, but then he'll free us. And this is what we're talking about today. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. We're going to be talking about today. Whoa, mighty acts of judgment. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to lay it on thick today. And I promise you, that's good news for us today. And I will take you as my own people, and this is next week, and I will be your God, then you'll know that I'm the Lord your God who brought you out from under slavery, from the yoke of the Egyptians. So these four promises, which is know God, find freedom, make a difference, or discover purpose, and make a difference. So today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The title of my message simply today is Discover Purpose. So in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, we're going to pop that up real quick on the screens. Exodus 6, I really make my media team work hard back there, all right? So Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. 
So you might be saying today, how does that have to do with purpose? What, what does redeeming mean? What, what, what's redeem have to do all about my purpose? I want you to understand that today God wants to redeem you to get you to do what you were originally created to do. So you're saying, God, what's my purpose in life? Well, God said, hey, first of all, I need to get you out of where you're at right now because it's slowly killing you. You're in bondage. You're trapped. I'm going to get you out of that. But not only am I going to get you out of that situation, I'm going to begin to heal your heart. And I'm going to bring freedom in your life. Then and only then can I find out what you were originally intended to do. So God had a plan for the Israelites. God has a plan for us. Now, many times we think in church, God only wants to save us, you know, like, like raise my hand and I'm going to become a Christian. And when God saves us, then he'll, he'll deliver us from sin and, and we're not supposed to do all these different things anymore. And then we just wait until we get to heaven. What we do, what, what's next? I don't know. Like, like, don't do those things anymore. Okay, pastor. Then what's next? What's my next step? Uh, uh, heaven. Now, I want to go to heaven. I want to praise God in heaven. I believe in heaven. There's no calories in heaven. I believe in heaven. I got a glorified body, and I'm going to be, like, ripped and all those different things. Heaven's going to be incredible, but what about now? What about the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 or 40 or 50 years in my life? Here's what's interesting. We're going to break it down, all right? We're going to go to Webster's Dictionary. That's like a good pastor, right? Webster's Dictionary. To redeem means to buy back. To repurchase, to repurchase means to change for the better, to reform. It also means to, rest- uh, to repair and to restore. Now I want you to know that redemption is simply doing what we were supposed to be doing all along. That it's not being a slave, but it's living a productive and fulfilling life. If you're here today and say, I don't feel fulfillment in my life. Just what I'm doing is not making me happy. Can we help you find your original intent, your original purpose in life? I think of a, you know, God created a beautiful old car. I'm going to talk to somebody here today. A beautiful old car. That car came out first, maybe it's the 60s, that car comes out, and God has this beautiful car he made, and also over the years, you know, uh, financial times come in, and God sells that car, and uh, that car gets sold to another owner, and another owner, and it goes here, and it goes there, and now it's the year 2017, and God finds that car, it's all beat up, it's rusted, what's he going to do with that car? He's not just going to buy it back and go, fine, you can go back in my garage, you piece of junk. No, God says, I'm going to restore that car. I'm going to put in new lights, a new paint job. I'm going to get rid of that rust. I'm going to reupholster the seats. I'm going to make this car back in mint condition. And that's what God wants to do with our lives. No matter what age, no matter what grade, no matter where you're at, no matter how far you've gone, how deep you are, that God still says, I want to take you, I want to clear that rust off, and I want to make you new again. I want to bring you back to your original purpose. I'm preaching good today, all right? We're doing all right? But here's what it says. It says, I will redeem you. But then God God says this, with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. When I first read that, I said, I got to skip over that. That, That's not very life-giving. That's a little rough, you know. With an outstretched arm, I will grab you, slap you around. No, it says, with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. What does this mean? There's two things that keep us from our purpose. There's two things that keep us from our purpose. Number one is inferiority. Inferiority. 
Now, I want you to back this up. In Exodus chapter 6, God's speaking to Moses, and God says, Moses, here's your original purpose. Your purpose is to let my people go. Your purpose is to take God's people out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of making bricks in the mud, and your purpose is to take them to the promised land. That's what I've called you to do. It's going to affect history. But if we go back two chapters from Exodus 6, 5, and then 4, Exodus 4, Moses is on the backside of the desert because he's made some mistakes. Anyone make some mistakes in this room? All right? If you're not raising your hand, I'm judging you totally, all right? But Moses made some mistakes, and he's hiding. He has guilt. He has shame. He's on the backside of the desert. And God speaks to Moses and says, listen, here's your purpose. I'm going to use you to set my people free. I'm going to use you in ways you cannot imagine. And Moses, this is his response. But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Behold, They will not believe me or listen to my voice. And God says this. I love this. He says, he didn't say, oh, Moses, come on, man. You're you're awesome. You're you're the man. This is what God says to Moses. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? He said, a staff. Lord said, throw it to the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. Moses ran from it. But then the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. I don't know about you, but I don't like snakes, all right? I'd be like, God, it's all good, all right? But he grabbed that snake by the tail, boom, by the tail, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. So God does this amazing miracle. Now let's go to verse 10. And so, you know, what's in your hand? It's a staff. Throw it on the ground. Oh, it's a snake. God, that's amazing. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, grab it back. Wow, it's back to a staff. I can make some money on the strip, all right? This could be an amazing show. But here's what it says in verse 10. Moses says, oh, Lord, I'm not eloquent enough, either in the past or or since you've spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and of tongue. So here's God's man, Moses. And God says, I have a purpose for your life. And he's saying, whoa, 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 people aren't going to believe me. God says, oh, yeah, performs a a major miracle. Then, God, uh, then Moses said, well, I, I, I can't talk, and I'm not good in speech, and I'm not gifted enough. See, what is your purpose in life? As we want to discover that here as a church, that I've seen this time and time again, that God begins to give us a glimpse of our purpose. And when we find our purpose, often we fall back into the habit of inferiority. I'm not good enough. There's no way God can use me. You know, I was... Uh, you know, my son was just walking just a little bit. He was walking enough that, you know, mom and dad wanted to be good parents and take him to the San Diego Zoo so he can have some experience. But now I look back and say, he didn't remember nothing, all right? He was too young, too little. It's like taking a one-year-old to Disneyland. Remember all this, you know? So we went to the San Diego Zoo, and he was grumpy. He was upset. We thought it was going to be an amazing time where he was like, I love you, mom and dad. He was like, why am I here? It's hot. All these things. So we had a stroller, and I brought something someone gave me. And I said, there's no way I'm going to use this. But about an hour at San Diego Zoo, this is really good parenting right here. And I never thought I would be this kind of parent. I'm looking at parents in this room, all right? I even looking at single people like, I ain't going to do that when I have kids. Yeah, right. I pulled out the baby leash. The baby leash. The baby leash came out. I strapped him on there, and I'm holding on to this leash, and I'm, I'm getting this kid. You know, he's trying to go places. I'm kind of like, this is amazing, right? Gets too close. Back up. Back up a little bit. You know, hold him a little bit. 
So we're trying to get this grumpy kid, uh, you know, he's like this rabbit dog, like, calm down, you know. So we go have lunch at the San Diego Zoo. If you have lunch inside the zoo, you got to take it out alone, all right? So we get all these different things. We're getting food on there. My wife's got the stroller. She's got the, all the different things that we're buying. And she's holding Levi in this leash, and she's pulling a stroller, carrying things. And I'm like, you are Wonder Woman. You're amazing. And what am I doing? I'm just paying for food, right? You got all that? Yeah. So I got the tray of food, and we're looking for a place to sit inside the restaurant. And believe it or not, I'm looking around for a table in this packed house. And all of a sudden, my wife lets go of the leash by accident. I mean, he's like pulling off that leash. And so she lets go. She goes, Jeremy. And he runs right by me. I'm holding a tray of, picture this, please, all right? I'm holding a tray of food with with, with Coke and these ginormous things. So I do what every good dad does. I step on the leash. (laughs) So he runs by me, and I go, huh? I just step on it. Now, if you're a scientist in here or a science teacher, if velocity is going this way and you stop it, what's going to happen? It's going to go back that way. And so I stepped on it, and he went, moy, and he crashed into a chair. And I went, oh, no. And here's what I do. First thing I do, I look at my wife. And she goes, what are you thinking? Now, ladies, men don't think. Okay, we just do it. We divide and conquer. We're going to get this guy covered. The whole restaurant's looking at me. I said, I'm a good parent, I promise, you know. Take the leash off. I don't know where this came from. But I say that because I have found that so many times we want to run in the direction that God wants us to go, and the enemy's going, I don't think so. I'm going to step on that leash because you haven't found freedom. You haven't discovered your purpose. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the enemy. But more often than not, I want to tell you this too, the greatest enemy is enemy. The greatest enemy can be us. That oftentimes that we're stepping on our own leash and we're stopping ourselves due to fear or inferiority. Many people in this life, 87% of Christians don't go beyond this point. Why? Because we don't believe. That we're God's man for the job. We don't believe that God has good intentions for our lives. We don't believe that we have a purpose in our lives. That many people have incorrect view of themselves. It comes from our past, our problems, our mistakes. Now let me tell you this. We're all sinners saved by grace. We all got a little bit of messed up inside of us. We just want to grow together and say, God, how can you use me for your glory? I, want to, I, I must decrease so you can increase in my life. But here's what God's ready to do. In Psalms 18, verse 35, I love this. It says, you stoop down to make me great. So when the, with an outstretched arm, God isn't grabbing us and slapping us around. So what are you doing? God is stooping us. He's stooping down, and he's in the pit. He's grabbing us out of the pit. He's grabbing us out of the miry clay. And he said, I've stooped you down to make you great. That God is here today, and he wants to stoop down, and you might feel like you're in this pit. You might feel like you've hit rock bottom, and, and, and if you would even uh, walk into this building, it would burn down. God say, I don't think so. I've stooped down, and I'm pulling you out of that pit of despair, that pit of depression, that pit of lack of purpose in your life, and I have made you great. God has made you great. I'll calm down. I'm just excited when it comes to purpose. If you don't know me, I'm deaf in this here. So if you're on this side and you say something and I ignore you, don't be like, that guy's a jerk, all right? No, can't hear you. I'm sorry. I have a hearing aid this year, so I'm 60% deaf. 
all kind of, I, you know, I'm wearing a microphone here. I got all kinds of hardware up here. But when I was going through school, I had to go through speech therapy. Had to uh, be intentional in classes, sit up front, uh, you know, learn how to, to, to speak English better, all those things. I remember I was at a church event, a church retreat, and God called me. He said, and he spoke to my heart, and, and I went there for the wrong reasons. I wanted to be with the ladies and just hang out and get away from my parents. But how many, uh, don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit, that God stooped down and he grabbed me and said, I want to make you great. And he said, I've called you to be a pastor. I remember telling God, no, 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 you got this one wrong. No, you, no, no, I can barely talk, all right? I can barely hear, you know, I, I have a handicap. I have all these things. I felt like Moses, all right? I, I, I don't even have an Aaron. Like, Aaron, where are you at, you know? I have nobody around me to help me in this area. And God said, you might feel silly. You might be made fun of, but I have called you. I had another leader come up to me, and he's like, bro, he's just real chill. I feel like God's called you. To be a pastor, and I looked at him I'm like, I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> but he said this, he said, people might make fun of you. You might not feel like you can do it, but he's called you. So I remember I went to my youth pastor and I said, hey, you know, can you, you know, teach me to write a sermon? And, and this is awkward because, and, and so he helped me and I put together a three-point sermon. I remember I went before my youth group and, and I, I preached like this. I was just like, how you guys doing today? You doing all right? I was so nervous. I didn't look at nobody. I was like, oh, all right, I'm back here. <laughs> I preached through this whole thing, and, and I got done with it. And I did a, a, just a salvation. You know, if you, if you want Jesus in your heart, will you raise your hand? And people raised their hands. I was pumped. I was excited. I was going, thank you, Jesus. And, and I, you know, stepped off to the side, and, and we had worship. And I thought, I could do this. I could, I could, I could, I could be a pastor. I could preach. I remember one guy came up to me, and some people were like, great message, man. It was wonderful, good content. Psalms 51, 10 through 13, amazing. And one guy came up to me and said, hey, um, Galatians 6.3. I was like, what? Galatians 6.3. Okay, thank you. And he went, and he went off, and so I, w- I went home, and I was feeling pretty good about myself. And I looked up Galatians 6.3, and it says, he who thinks he is something when he is nothing deceives himself. I said, thanks. That's a great, encouraging scripture. Thank you. But I want you to understand that I kept going. Why? Because God created us on purpose for a purpose. He created us on purpose for a purpose. Check this out. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship. Other translation says masterpiece. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Leave that scripture up for a second. I want you to explain this, that we are God's workmanship. Say amen, all right? Cool, I'm God's workmanship. But I want you to understand this. I need to read this here, that God created good works, and he prepared it in advance for us to do. In other words, God didn't create you and say, what should I do with him? God didn't say, according to this scripture, I, I, I made Monica, and, and here she is, and I made her the way she is, but now I need to find something for her to do. According to the scripture, it said God created us to do something, and then he made us. So he created us for a purpose, and then he said, I have purpose in them, now I can send them. I have purpose in them, and now I will create them. So I want you to understand, every single person in this room was made on purpose and for a purpose in your life. 
that he had it in mind before he created us. So number one is inferiority, but number two is diversion. Diversion. That Satan doesn't want you discovering your purpose. He doesn't want you going the growth track. He doesn't want you being involved in, in any church. He wants to divert you. He'll want to hinder you, create life diversion. So this scripture, God's mighty act of judgment is reserved for the enemy of your soul. Now, I don't know if you have a father in your life, and whether it's unhealthy or healthy, but our heavenly father doesn't like it when his kids get picked on. And he said, I will make sure that they will find their purpose. See, the enemy will do anything he can to derail you from your purpose. He'll do anything he can to keep you from focusing on God's plan. Just recently, some friends of mine, we went to an escape room. Ever done that before where you, you like pay them money to lock you up? It's wonderful. So we went to an escape room, and I was real competitive. I said, we got to get this. Come on, guys. And they did it before, so they're like, it's fine. We'll get our money's worth. And I said, no, we're going to break records, all right? We're going to get this thing. And so we broke through the first room really quick, and we found the key and all that different things. Like, they turn off the lights. Like, that's messed up, all right? So we go into the second room, and we were, we were doing really good on time until we got stuck. We got stuck. And we were in there. Next thing goes 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. We're stuck on this one piece of puzzle. We're trying to figure it out. And finally, we got on the walkie-talkie and go, give us a hint. Finally, give us a hint. And she, she gave us a hint, and we found out that it wasn't down here, but it was simply something that was so broad, so, uh, you know, once you shine a light up there, you go, really? And we put it together, and next thing you know, we were out of there in five minutes. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get you tripped up on something so small to say, I'm going to cause a diversion in your life. I need to mess you up right now because don't you dare do what you're called to do. Because if you do that, God's going to make you great. He's already made you great, but when you operate in that purpose, you can make such an impact for the kingdom of heaven. I cannot have you doing that. In Romans 8.28 says this, For we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose in his life. Romans 11.29, the message version. Let's put this up real quick. I love this one. In the message version, it simply says, God's gifts, this is us, guys, and God's call are under full warranty. They're under full warranty. Nobody could take it away from you, all right? This isn't like dirty Santa where you're like, give me your gift, and you can never get that gift back. Under full warranty, never canceled, and never rescinded. That God has placed gifts and desires in your heart. And you're going to say, how am I going to do that today? That I want to give you two things for you to do as we close here today. It's number one, I want you to find your gift. I want you to find your gift. Here at Avenue Church, we want to do whatever it takes to help you find a gift. I want you to understand that there's, there's areas at Avenue Church, we're not here to take people and fill an area. We're here to place a gift. Do we want to find out what's your, what are you good at? What has God created you to do? And please don't put it in the confinements of this area. Don't say, I don't sing and I don't, I, I, I'm not friendly enough to greet. There's many different areas. But we want to find a place for your gift. But we need to find your gift. In Exodus chapter 4, God says, Moses, I'm going to use you. I'm going to, I'm going to use you to set the people free. And Moses said, no, they're not going to believe me. I, I, I can't do this. And this is what God says. What's? In 
your hand? What's in your hand? What do you have that God has given you? What is on the inside of you that when you wake up, you say, you know what, I, I, this job is great, but if I could just do this every single day. Because when you find your gift, you find your purpose, and that is an energizing thing. It is something that gives you passion to say, I love what I am doing every single day. So I want to ask you today, what's in your hand that you got to use what you got and see God do extraordinary things? Romans 12, 6, it says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. What does that mean? There are people in this room, you can get up to a microphone, and you don't just sing, you sang, all right? You just, you can, you can sing well, you're gifted in that area. There's people in this room, you're saying, you know what, uh, I love Excel, all right? I love a good Excel sheet and data, all right? If you're, if you're here, you are my best friend because I hate Excel and I hate data and I hate all those things, all right? But, uh, you might be here and you're saying, what's the grace gift? And grace gift is what God has given to you that you're really good at. It might not take a lot of effort. It might be an area in your life that as you grow, you get better and better, and better at it. So we want to help you find your grace gift. You may be gifted to play an instrument because you don't want me up here. You might have a gift towards kids. And when you're around kids, all of a sudden they're kid magnet. Kids just flood to you. All right, we need to plug you in at Avenue Kids. Maybe you're gifted in an area where you're like, you know what, I'm not up front, all right? Some of you gave me that look for kids. I know. Yesterday we had Avenue Kids training at our house and. My wife was doing the training and all that because we want to equip you. And I was upstairs with the children, all right. I realized I'm, I'm not called to that area, all right. I tried. All right. When it was all done, I nerfed them, all right. I got the nerf gun and just go home. Because that's not my grace gift, all right. Because your design reveals your destiny. Your design reveals your destiny. That, you know, if something bothers you, if you walked in here today and you said, these chairs aren't straight enough, or you walked in here and said, like, these people just aren't, like, friendly enough, or these things up here bother me, there's something that bothers me. Maybe you're at work, and you're at a place of work, and you're just saying, oh, if they could just fix that, it would be awesome. I want to ask you a question today that if something bothers you, do you think it's because God wants you to do something about it? think God has placed on the inside of you and said, guess what? You found the problem because you are the solution. I put a grace gift over your life, and I've made you on purpose for a purpose. But there are people here that are on the crew, and they say, I don't sing, and I don't do this, and I don't do that, but I set up chairs, and every chair we set up, somebody gets to sit in that chair and hear the gospel presentation, and through setting up that chair, they get water baptized, whether it's spontaneously, whether it's planned, whether it's raising a hand and accepting Jesus and going on a faith journey. Why? That is simply purpose. No gift is greater than any other gift. No purpose is higher than any other purpose except making Jesus' name known in this life. Hey, don't worry, I got a timer. Here we go. But here's the last one, is use your gift. Use your gift. That's why we have the A-team. We don't say volunteers. We don't have volunteers here. Because a lot of times with volunteers, it's you have to do this. But here at the A-team, is we get to do this. 
We get to do this every week, even if it's daylight savings time and we lose an hour, all right? But we get to do this every single week. That we want to use this church to build up people. We don't want to use people to build up a church. To say, I need all you guys to come make this thing an awesome thing. No, it's simply saying, let's, let's use Avenue Church and let's tap you into your purpose, into your giftings, into your calling. And let's make God's name great. That you've never experienced life until you found out what you were created to do and to use it to make a difference. Did you begin to lay your head down at night and say, you know what, I got problems, I got issues, but man, I am feeling fulfillment in using my gift. And I'm discovering purpose in my life. I want to say this. Church is way more fun when you stop going for you. Church is so much more fun when we stop doing this and say, okay, pastor, give me a good word. And okay, worship team, let's, let's sing some songs. And, and you know, I, I need something, you know, I need to take away. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a lot more fun when we get to turn and we say, how can I serve you? How can I make your life better? How can I make a worship experience better in your life? How can I make you comfortable? How can I create such a, hospi- a, a, a hospitable environment for you to accept Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4.10 God given you each a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I love that. Now there's a lady on my team and her name is Esther. And we met her about six months ago, seven months ago. And apparently, I gotta say this, apparently uh, she is shy and introverted. I, if I look at Esther, I see a welcoming woman. I see a, you know, a, a grandmother of some amazing children. Someone who goes to the Interest Social and she just says, Hi, I'm Esther. How are you? Nice to see you. Someone who's at the Avenue Central who will walk right up to you and say, How are you doing today? She makes jokes. She's such a joy to be around. But I asked her daughter, and I said, you know, you've made a lot of comments about your mom, and, and, and I, I need to hear your story. And so her daughter wrote this for me, and she said, it all began with a Facebook post. That she saw Avenue Church on Facebook and said, I'm going to go to this thing called Intrasocial at somebody's house, and I'm going to show up and bring my family, and we're going to check it out. She called to share what she found on Facebook, but God purposely led her to see a Facebook post. And so she took a leap, of, a leap of faith, excuse me, and stretched out of her comfort zone. And in August of 2016, together as a family, we began a journey of faith. Looking back over the last seven months, I see her and I think, wow, all because of a Facebook post. I look at her and I'm grateful for her obedience, that it didn't come suddenly, though it was noticeable through time, that Avenue Church was changing her life. She was once in wonder of God's need for her in this world. The love of Christ was always so great in her life, but what was her purpose? What was her purpose? As I look at her now, I see a strengthened woman of God, a woman who is excited for something bigger. I see a light shining brighter and a love for others that was dim before. It had been a blessing on this journey to see this woman blossom with purpose all because of a Facebook post. I thank God for this woman 
For through her walk and discover purpose, she's an example and inspiration to, the, to others around her. I'm not sure if she realizes, but I would like to tell her that God is walking more abundantly in our families because of your strength, your love, your obedience, and your faith. You have opened a door for all of our family's purpose in life. And that purpose is to serve and to love and to share Christ with others. We have so many stories like that of people saying, wow, I went to this thing because I got a mailer. I went to this thing because of a Facebook book. I went to this thing because of a friend. I jumped on growth track. And today, steps three and four, we're going to discover purpose and make a difference. After growth track, we're going to have tables in here of different areas that you can shop around for and say, I'm interested in this, and I'm interested in this area. To say, what fits my need? Because at growth track, we don't just ask you what's your gift and what's your purpose in life. But we do a disc assessment where you text a number and say, wow, this is, this is my personality. We do a gifts test where you get to look at your top three spiritual gifts to say, wow, I fit in this area. Why do I say that? Because we want to be a church that has action steps. Here's your next step. Here's what we're going to do. But I got to tell you, it all goes back to that first promise, which is knowing God. We bow our heads, close your eyes just for a second. I got to pray. I want to pray over you. But in just a moment, I want to extend an invitation for you to raise your hand to say, I need to know who Jesus is. And when I ask that invitation, I'm not asking you to, to join a church. I'm not asking you to, to sign all in and say, I'm all in. I'm simply asking for you to accept Jesus into your heart. And say, will you just be Lord of my life? So, Father, I thank you for every single person that's here today. And, Father, I pray that we begin to discover our purpose. And, Father, I pray even those gifts that we allowed to go doormat in our lives because of, 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 of that diversion or because of inferiority or maybe because someone said something to them that, that, that revoked that gift out of their life. And I'm here to tell you, please pick up that gift again. That God has called you on purpose and for a purpose. Whether that's here at Avenue, whether that's at another church, whether that's in a working environment, whether that's in your family, you've been called by purpose and on purpose. With every head bowed, if you're here today and you say, you know what? I don't know who Jesus is. And I need to invite him into my life. There was something that was happening during this service where I began to feel something about Jesus. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I simply want to just ask God for forgiveness and I want to let him into my heart. If that is you, I want you to raise a hand. Nobody's looking around. But just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. You can put that hand down. I want to pray over you. And as I pray, I want you to begin to pray your own prayer and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life. Help me to find my purpose. So, Father, I thank you for every hand that was raised. In just a moment, we're going to celebrate. Father, I thank you that according to your word, it says if we confess our sins to one another, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Now, Father, I'm so grateful for those hands that were raised. Give us new life in Jesus Christ. Help us to plug in. Give us the boldness and the courage to take that step. 
that it's not about events or programs. It's about that step. So I'm so grateful for those that raised their hand and took a step today. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. I want you to real quick celebrate. Celebrate. So awesome. So today, steps three and four in growth track. And I encourage you, if you've been, if you haven't been to step one and two, that's who cares, right? I want you to go to steps three and four. We have refreshments, we have extended childcare. But I encourage you, today's fun. Today's interactive inside a growth track as well. If not, We'll see you next week. We hope you can bring a friend, but it's making a difference, which is next week. So will you stand with me, please?